the book of Acts is one great, big, long story. And so today we're reading just a piece of that story, but you need to know what happened before this story. So previously, in the books of the Acts of the Apostles, the Apostle Paul and his helper Silas have come to Greece, to the city of Philippi. And there they crashed a women's spirituality group that was meeting down by the river, and the leader's name was Lydia. Now, when Paul told this group of women about Jesus and his ministry of justice, love, and equality, they wanted to know more, and they all went back to Lydia's house, and they were all baptized into the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Then, one of Paul's companions says, One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days. But Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or to observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, the jailer put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself since he supposed that the prisoners had all escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for the lights, and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then the jailer brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved, to be free? Paul and Silas answered, 
Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At that same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. The jailer brought them up into the house and set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God, the God of love. The word of the Lord. Freedom is happening all over Philippi. Chains are falling off. Shackles are breaking open. Prison doors swinging wide. Paul is free. Silas is free. The jailer is set free from the harm that he was about to do himself. Do not be afraid. We are still here. No more death and pain tonight. Only grace. And everyone is getting baptized. Lydia was baptized and her whole household. The jailer and everyone at his house was baptized. Now there is a theological connection between baptism and freedom. Whenever we say the baptismal liturgy, we talk about how the children of Israel walked through the sea to freedom out of slavery in Egypt. God parted the waters and there was freedom. Baptism is a sign and seal of God's love that death and pain only grace. In baptism, we are freed from sin and given new life in the power of God's love and of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be slaves to fear or anger or self-harm. Someone else's prejudice does not have to define you. You and I are children of God, freed and forgiven, unchained from guilt and shame, and that's what it means to be baptized. That's what it means to be a child of God. We are loved. We are not beholden to the Roman Empire. Our allegiance is no longer to any power other than the power of God. We are loved and we are free to live and make mistakes and fall and get back up. And our lives, we are to live our lives in love and helping set others free. There's all this freedom going on. But there's one person that I can't stop thinking about. I can't stop thinking about that slave girl. The one who started all the trouble. The one who kept annoying Paul and Silas and following the round and outing them that they are slaves of the God of love, slaves of the God most high, servants of the Lord of love. 
She's possessed by an evil spirit. And Paul, being so annoyed, commands the spirit to leave her alone, and it does, and she is free of it. But she is not free. She's still a slave of those men who are using her. The men who whip up the anti-Semitic fervor to have Paul and Silas beaten and thrown in prison. Make no mistake, they are beaten because they are Jews. The men and the slave girl disappear and we never see them again. So I worry about her. I want to know what happened to her. Scripture is often like that. It leaves loose ends. Scripture doesn't always wrap everything up with a nice tidy bow. There's often unfinished business. Today, what is your unfinished business? Where are you chained? Where are you imprisoned? Who are you worrying about? Who has God set on your heart who is chained or imprisoned or trapped? Lately, I keep forgetting my phone. Just walking off and leaving it at home on the kitchen table. I get to work and I just don't have it. Not in the car, not in the purse. Which is confusing because I live by my phone. It has my children's phone numbers in it. I don't have them memorized. And of course, I use it to get everywhere. No matter how many times I've been to Montgomery Mall, I still need my phone. And it has my email, which I check religiously. First thing in the morning, all throughout the day. And too often, literally, the last thing I do at night so I can worry all night long about that thing that I haven't figured out for work. If I'm really honest with myself, I know why I've been forgetting my phone. It's not good to be a slave to anything. Not work even if your work is a pastor. My work now needs to be getting free of obsessively checking what I haven't done because there's no grace in that. It's anxious, grasping sin that believes it's all about me. It's hubris and it's death. And if you're anywhere close to where I am in that, you need to get out. I'm going to have to seriously consider that the Holy Spirit might be hiding my phone. (laughs) 
trying in some way to shake me free. I'm going to have to remember my baptism and let the Spirit's power that is in me help me because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It sets us free. It opens doors. It opens the door of the person who says, you know, this helped me. It opens the door for the person who is ill that says, you know, call this person, this physician. They have a contact. I can help you get an appointment. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit says, hey, we've got an asylum seeker who needs a sponsor. And today, he and his child are together, free. That's the Holy Spirit. So I ask you again, what shackles weigh you down? What chains need to fall away? What prison has you confined? Or what are you thinking about and God has put on your heart to free someone? The thing about unfinished business is that we have the option to work with the Holy Spirit to write our own ending. Rabbis were always doing this with New Testament writings. It's midrash. What else happened? So I want to tell you today what else happened to that slave girl from Philippi. She was no longer useful to her slave owners and they couldn't make any money off of her. And so I'm going to redeem the Apostle Paul for his act of annoying, responding to her annoyance with making her life worse. And I'm going to say that Paul told Lydia about her. And Lydia, that wealthy woman who had just been baptized, I'm going to say that Lydia went and found that girl and bought her from those men with her money. Lydia bought her. And Lydia took her home. And Lydia wiped away her tears and loved her. And I'm going to say that Lydia gave her her freedom and that maybe she went back to her family or maybe she still lives with Lydia. I think she was baptized. And maybe she even has joined Lydia and preaches and baptizes others. And maybe she's even learned to put down her phone. Amen.